Hi, I'm Shadow Stevens. While I'm doing this and that and the other thing at the very same time, I'm having a great time on The Jeremiah Show, the greatest show in the history of the world. For the love of God, subscribe. No, seriously, subscribe. It's The Jeremiah Show. Tearing back the curtain on music icons, pop culture, and food gods, we're bringing you the hottest guests from around the globe with your host, music business authority, L.A. personal development commentator, Mike Gormley. He's a restaurant and bar fixer. He's opened and fixed over 200 restaurants, bars, and hotels. He's a partner with legendary drummer Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac in Fleetwood's On Front Street in Maui. And he's your radio host. Step aside, Superman, from a race around the sun, your host, Mike Gormley. fast uh hey everybody this is the jeremiah show and this is mike gormley sitting in today uh i haven't been here for a while so it's a real pleasure to be back and congratulations to uh jeremiah for uh 500 broadcasts so far uh, that was uh that as of today i'm not sure the exact date but it's uh it's uh around now sometime and um so we have with us uh, from Florida, calling in from Florida, uh, home of the hurricanes these days. Home uh, of Hurricane Nicole <laughs> today. Yeah, yeah, today, right? But you're not. This is Susan Short. Um, you're not near the hurricane, or how come you're so calm? Um, well, I've been through. This is probably Hurricane Eight or Nine. I've been through. So we were not directly in the path of the hurricane, although the cone of uncertainty, which is nobody's friend when you live in Florida, it kind of went in through like Palm Beach, Vero Beach, and it went up through Central Florida. So we weren't really in the direct line. And it's only a category one, not to minimize it. So we only got tropical storm force winds and it was just a little windy and it's been a little rainy, but nothing as bad as our afternoon thunderstorms. So it wasn't like Hurricane Ian, which was pretty bad. It was devastating in certain areas. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, you had. Did you have people in those areas at all? That you, uh, you because you grew up in Florida, right? Yes, um, I have friends down in Boca Grande, which is a beautiful, beautiful island. It's a barrier island. It's very famous. Um, it's about an hour south of here, and a lot of homes and businesses were destroyed. And if the homes, because a lot of homes are on the water, and if the homes didn't have issues then definitely the whole back area most people have you know big screen caged pools so a lot of those structures are down we're down so fortunately this current hurricane that we're experiencing right now is not affecting those areas it came in through a slightly different path and i just saw not that we're talking about weather but i just saw that uh, I guess in 2004, we had two hurricanes, 43 days apart, the same pattern, same time of year. One was in October, the other one November. So I guess it's, you know, what, every 16 years, 18 years, we have something like this. Oh, well, at least now you're getting it out of the way for, for, the, <laughs> next, for the next 16 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? They used to talk about El Nino, La Nina, El Nino. They used to talk about that a lot because they're different cyclical patterns, like wind patterns. I'm not a meteorologist, so I haven't studied it. But living in Florida and going through so many hurricanes, they would talk about that. And that affects sort of the weather patterns, not just climate change. But they haven't really been talking about that. I think there's too many other things to talk about. Right. Well, we've got other things to talk about, too. Yes. Yes. We got Susan to talk about. <laughs> um, now, l let's describe your uh, your your world. Um, your I know you very much in the social media world. You also um, do other things. And I, of course, I know you from the music world that you work with lawyers and art galleries and so on and so forth. How would you describe your job these days? 
Well, it's hard to describe what I do, but I guess you would say that I'm a publicist. I'm a social media guru, expert. Um, I have family, beautiful media. So I do all things media. I would like to say it that way. So I've had experience in all different genres of media, anything from radio, which we're on right now, which um, one of my first jobs out of college was at a classical radio station. Um, I've done TV. I've done production. I've done commercial production on a really high level. I did. um, I mean, I can go into that later. Um, I own a magazine. I have worked in magazines. I worked, I did, I was the youngest uh, Chamber of Commerce. They used to do this, uh, Miami did a Chamber of Commerce directory, and they also did a uh, big, they probably still do it. It's a glossy magazine that's a visitor's guide. So I was the youngest manager, sales manager, ad manager for those two publications in Miami. So that was a big deal. And then uh, I moved here to Sarasota and I started a magazine about 12 years ago called Family Beautiful Magazine. So we've parlayed that into a media company. So the magazine exists online. Since the pandemic, we haven't really been producing the magazine, but I had some I still do have wonderful experiences. I have writers that have written for me um, who have traveled, have done over 100 100 articles on different places. And I myself have traveled all over the world on behalf of Family Beautiful Magazine. So now it's more of a media company. Uh, Most of my advertising clients now are my social media clients. So I manage their, I create their content, I produce their video content, I produce their photo content, I do graphic design, I do website design, I do everything. Not always all myself. No, you do for a lot of different clients. You've got, yes. you've got, as I said, art galleries, uh, a law firm, um, some rock stars, uh, you know, the, it uh, travels now. How do you how do you balance all of that? Because those are very different, very different uh, organizations or very different elements, and you must have a certain way to go to the public for each one. Or how do how does that? Well, most of the clients are come recommended to me. So if I get record, that's how my client, most of my clients are recommendations, mm-hmm. and I've been doing this for a while. So a lot of the clients you know, that may or may not be doing business with me still recommend me for other clients. So I don't really go out and solicit. They're recommended to me. So I have a big group. uh, I have a big medical group that does physical therapy. They do their chiropractors. They do auto accident therapy. They have five offices in Florida and five in Kentucky. Throughout Kentucky, they're super highly rated. Five stars on Google all the time. manage all of their SEO on their website. I do all their content development. I do all their blog development. I do all their social media marketing. But that came as a recommendation. A so, recommendation from somebody in in their business or in your... A law firm. It came from law the law firm that I do business with, which they have... Well, they probably have 25 offices, but they have four active social media accounts that I manage for them. They have four Facebook accounts, two Instagram accounts, one Twitter account. I don't do their website because they had... I had... You know, I came in after someone had already been working on their website. So I don't do their website because I'm very honorable of, you know, other people's business. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, so they recommended me because they had, they were having, uh, SEO problems. This, um, the, the, uh, doctors that, you know, they were looking to boost their social media marketing and they had had, bad experiences with other companies that they had hired because they generally pawned off to people who weren't really the head of the company. They pawned off to, you know, the work to other people who weren't doing a really good job. They didn't approach it as if, as if it was their business. All right. Well, uh, Jeremiah, we got some music to listen to going into a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is Jeremiah here, uh, previously the host of this show, but now it's Mike Gormley Presents, and he's demoted me. Now I just announce songs. I'm just like a DJ, so that's he's demo- Mike Gormley has demoted me to that, but 
I can do a good one here. This is Tuxedo. Maybe promotion. Maybe it's not the motion. It's a promotion. That's a good DJ, Jeremiah. Come on now. <laughs> well, hey, I love this song. This is Tuxedo. And do oh, it. Oh, yeah. and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. We are Anne and Heather, and we are better together. My name's Danny Trejo, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. And on it, I'm talking about my cookbook, Awesome. Hey, I got a documentary coming out, a record called Satisfy My Soul. Check it out. Trejo's music, Jeremiah. You're loved, Holmes. The Jeremiah Show. Your show to hear the best new music and exclusive artist interviews. You won't hear personal interviews like these anywhere else. Hi, this is Johnny Valenti. I'm the owner of Birdland Jazz Club in New York City for nearly four decades. Going dark during the global pandemic taught me how important the arts, especially music, are to each of our cultures and our health. Musicians literally bring life and joy to our daily lives. Radio shows that support musicians and music, like The Jeremiah Show, are so important in keeping music alive. I hope that you will keep listening and supporting musicians. Please support the music. And please come and visit me at Birdland when you're in New York City. Thank you. Mike Gormley presents on The Jeremiah Show. We have a ple- the pleasure of Susan Short on Mike's guest today. And uh, she gave us her playlist. We, I love that. This is, we just heard Jamiroquai, Seven Days in Sunny June. Oh, I love Tamiroquai. Yeah, I do too. This is that that song was a lot of fun. The oh, video is great. Uh, back yeah. to you, Mike Gormley. Take it away. Yes, well, Jeremiah presents, Mike Gormley presents... <laughs> it's, a, it's a piggyback sort of thing but uh, I, I appreciate the chance to be here we're, we're talking about the music you chose the music for today that goes takes us to and in back in from commercials um, it, it's pretty eclectic is it is it clients is it just music you like and, and how do you you know where did all that come from 
Well, I love music. So it's a combination of some of my clients, not all my clients, because some of them haven't dropped the music yet and they might be on the Jeremiah show. So I didn't use everybody's music, <laughs> but, um, and I don't, I don't want to take their surprise. I don't like to steal their thunder, but it's clients and it's music that I listen to from different eras. So it's my playlist that I, I work out all the time. I'm really a big, uh, you know, proponent of physical exercise every day. So it's, you know, a lot of songs that I'm listening to on my playlist. So I figured it'd be fun to share it with everybody. Absolutely. You, uh, you, you up early working out and all that? I mean, what you Well, it depends on what you think early is. Like some people we know don't get up till two in the afternoon or four <laughs> in the afternoon. So, you know, early would be like 7.30, 8 o'clock. Yeah. That's yeah, I usually work out before nine. I like to get it done, get it over with, because, you know, I have a long day. I have a lot to accomplish. I got a lot of graphic design. I got a lot of Zoom meetings. I've got a lot of clients. I, I do events. I do a lot of things. I have shoots. So I got to get it all in there. Absolutely. Well, uh, every morning you work out? I work out every day. I never skip a day. Unless I'm traveling. Like if I'm traveling, I was traveling a couple weeks ago. I was in Nashville for an event for a client. And then, um, so I wasn't able to work out on the travel days. That's a little too much because I'm, I'm running through the airport. So that's a workout. Yeah. yeah. Um, Traveling bags. <laughs> you, you should be interested to know that um, Mick Jagger, who's sort of a neighbor of yours, isn't he? He's not too far away. Yeah. Um, well, he's, um, he, you know, his father was a sports writer, wrote a, wrote a book about basketball, which I don't know why in England he wrote a book about basketball, but he did. And, and uh, I heard this many, many years ago from Chris Jagger, Mick's brother, younger brother, that they, he and Mick couldn't go out at night, couldn't leave the house until they'd done their workout session. That's, that was the rule of the house. Now, you look at Mick Jagger now running around the stage. He's almost 80 years old. Evidently, it's a good philosophy. It's a good uh, rule to go by. A hundred percent. I know some people that saw him at Publix, actually. And some people recognized him, but some people didn't, you know, because you just don't expect to see Mick Jagger shopping at Publix. No. Yeah. He wouldn't. <laughs> but, himself. <laughs> but evidently he does, at least when he's in Florida. Well, here in Sarasota, people are pretty low key. No one's going to bother you. You know, no paparazzi is going to. I don't even think we have paparazzi here. We have a lot of photographers, but, you know, I don't think they would run over to Publix to take a photo with Mick. You know, maybe they would. Maybe they Some would. They would talk to him yeah. and hang out for sure. But, um, Earlier, you were talking about that you'd been around the world because of your magazine. Yes. Um, where around the world? I mean, you know, like specifically, or at least give some highlights, uh, some things that, you know, you've, you've been some pretty interesting places. I have. I have. So I've been to the North Pole and the South Pole. In the same the year, same right? Year. Yeah. I did it in the same year. So the rule of thumb for travel writers, you know, travel journalists usually is the further away the places and the more exotic the destination, the easier it is to get the story. Mm -hmm. So everybody wants to go to Paris. Everybody wants to go to London. Everybody wants to go to Barcelona. Everybody wants to go to the south of France or Italy. Although Italy is pretty easy to do a travel story. And I can tell you about Italy. I went to a cooking school in Italy. I don't necessarily like to cook, but a friend suggested we go to this cooking school called The Awaiting Table. And I said, well, you know, I don't really like to cook. I definitely don't like to make pasta from scratch. I mean, it would be someone's dream to do that. That just wasn't my dream. I mean, I'll go to Italy and I'll go biking or I'll go hiking or I'll go, you know, I'll whatever, I'll go exploring all the, you know, the art galleries and the museums, but not necessarily cooking, maybe a day or two, but this was very intense. And I'll tell you about the North and South Pole after that. But so we went to, I went with a very good friend of mine from Michigan and I went with another friend of mine who lives in South America now. So we all met in Rome. We took the train to this small town called Lecce, which is in the Puglia region of Italy, which is in the heel of the boot. Mm -hmm. 
So we met the uh, the head of the cooking school with other people in Lecce, which is the city of like blonde stone. It's beautiful, not blondes, but blonde stone. And it's beautiful. It was gorgeous. We stayed in this great hotel and, you know, we the first day we stayed in his cooking school. And then we all went on these buses to this castle in this little town called Spangano. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny little town. There was only this castle where the cooking school was, and it was in November. It was around this time of year, actually. It's about five years ago. It was in November, and it was raining. It rained like the whole time. We only had one day where it wasn't raining. So we didn't stay. My friend from South America and I did not stay in the castle, per se, with all the other guests. We stayed on the outskirts, like in the property. It was a walled in castle. It was a legit castle. So we stayed in the converted, and this is hilarious, the converted pigsty. (laughs) (laughs) So when they said like, you're staying in the converted pigsty, I'm like, no, no, we're not. And they're like, yeah, you are. It was like these buildings that they converted. It's a guest house now. So we had a little apartment and my friend knew that I was horrified at this. And I was doing a story on this. So, you know, she tried to make the place as nice as possible for me. And the the chef, who was very, very dictatorial, he was like a dictator chef. Anyway, so he was staying kind of near us, but we had to kind of trudge through the property in the rain at night after we had all these dinners and whatever we were doing. So it wasn't ideal, but it was funny and it was like a fun story. They bought us these like really cool designer Italian wading boots because they felt bad for us and they knew I was doing a story and they were cool. They were kind of cool. I wouldn't be caught dead in them normally, but (laughs) I had to wear them because if not, my shoes would have gotten ruined. But we had a great time. They had like a special kitchen that they, it was kind of downstairs in the castle and they had it all retrofitted and we cooked by candlelight. There was a group of, it was about 18 of us and we had all these different helpers and I learned how to make pasta from scratch and I learned how to make all these different things from scratch. Not that I would ever apply these things. I mean, I have the knowledge, but I'm not necessarily going to do it. So we only had one. Did you write about it? You ended up writing about it? I wrote about it. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And then we went to this fabulous, after that, we went to this fabulous area called Matera. And it's a cave city in in Italy. And that's where they just shot the last James Bond movie, You Only Die Once, the one where Daniel Craig gets died off. I thought to myself, when I saw it, I thought to myself, huh, that place looks familiar. That's Matera. I'm like, huh, that looks like the hotel I stayed at. And that was it. So that's beautiful, beautiful, magical, amazing. That's a must do. It's on the uh, historic sites of the world. People used to live in the caves and then it became sort of a health hazard because they would live with their animals in the caves. It was awful. Yeah, they did in Italy. I guess that was like in up to like the 50s and then it went into disrepair and then it became a national heritage site. And now it's like super hot and trendy. So now it's like almost unaffordable. You can't you can't live there anymore, but you're living in caves and all the hotels are actually built into caves and the hotel rooms are part of the caves. It's really cool. That sounds amazing. Yes. So, yes, not that year I didn't go. That year I did not go to uh, the North Pole and the South Pole. That would have been too much. But the year that I did go, I'll tell the North Pole story because that's a lot well, of fun. We're going we're gonna to head into another uh, uh, little bit of commercial time here. So okay. don't get started. We'll, okay. <laughs> uh, but we'll pick up on that uh, when we okay. come back and find out about the North Pole and the South Pole and that. I'm interested to find out what got you there, other than the beauty of it. But uh, uh, but we got look very similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> snow. <laughs> well, there isn't really snow, but there's like the tundra. Uh, ice or something. Yeah. yeah, tundra. It's tundra. There, there's no plants. Everything is like above ground, and it's like squishy. Yeah, it's tundra. So Jeremiah, we got. No oh, uh, am I still? I'm still working for you, Mike. 
Yeah, you're still around. <laughs> just introduce the songs. Quit fooling around. Oh, I know. I should just just tell us what we're listening to, Jeremiah, and stop talking. <laughs> uh, I was loving the conversation. I want to go to Italy right now. Um, yeah, you we're have gonna... to go to Matera. You have to go to Matera. It's a really cool place. I will put that on my list. Susan, thank you for so much for the recommendation. And uh, I wanted to play a, a, a guy here that coming up next that probably nobody's ever heard of, Jeff Skunk Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, this is a beautiful song. Tell me about it a little bit before. Uh, just what song is it? I'm not Juliet. Sure. Juliet. Juliet. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a, it is a beautiful song. Skunk's uh, new album. I believe it's, I believe it's his mom's name. Oh. You know, I'm forgetting the story behind it. Bad, bad me. But uh, it's pretty. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Okay. yeah let's, let's hear a bit of it. We're going to listen to Juliet. Jeff Skunk Baxter will be right back. stolen this moment from our host Jeremiah. He's asked me to give you the title of the song, Que Vole Cuesta Musica Stasera, and that is a song that I fell in love with when I heard it for the first time, used in the soundtrack of the movie The Man from Uncle back, I believe it was in the mid-2010s and just had to record it and it is going to be a part of my upcoming album releasing later this year. Hi, you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. This is Zay Romeo. I am a contestant on season 20 of The Voice and you can catch me on all my socials at Zay Romeo Check out the Jeremiah Show Facebook and YouTube pages for exclusive videos of our Jeremiah Show guest interviews. That was Jamiroquai, Love Philosophy. Oh, yeah, Heidi Klum was in that one in the uh, video. <laughs> I thought that was Heidi, yeah. That's Heidi Klum, yeah. That is a good video. And I, and I thought at the end there where he's, what is that machine that's keeping him flying? He's flying, yeah. They had to like, I, I heard that they had to like um, kind of sew his tie onto the jacket. It was like Normani suit or something <laughs> so that it would stay in a certain position or put some wire in it. Yeah. Yeah, his, t his shirt stayed tucked in and everything. He, he looked yeah. good enough. He, the, the air dropped and he picked up with Heidi Klum again. Yeah. <laughs> Here's Mike Gormley and Susan Short. Thank you, Jeremiah. This is the Jeremiah Show, and uh, evidently he's calling this section Mike Gormley Presents, which is true. I'm presenting Susan Short, and, uh, and we're going to hear some stories about the North Pole and the South Pole that you visited all within the same 12 months period. Is that right? 
I did. Was it all one story connecting the two or were two different? No, it was separate. It was separate. So I am friendly uh, through some other trips I took to Norway with the tourist board of Norway. Norway is a very, uh, it does very well because the pipeline and things like that. So they love to host tourists and it's a spectacular country. So I had been to Norway and gone to all the, you know, regular tourists, like looking at all the fjords and the garrison. Anger Fjord and the waterfalls and the fjords and the fjords that you see where the cruise ships go. And I've been to all those places. It was amazing. So then I said, well, you know, I had seen this video of these guys that were on a sailboat, right? Sailing, because it's an archipelago of all these, you know, small islands. There's a lot of coastline. Obviously, people know the Norwegian Vikings and things like that. So they were taking this sailboat up to the northernmost part of the Arctic Circle and they sailed to the destination and then they skied. Then they actually hiked up and they skied. And they, so at one point, they hella skied. And I thought, wow that looks cool i want to do a story on that you know so he said well you have to really be a very i mean i can ski and i skied in austria a couple of times for stories but he said you have to be really 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 an expert skier to do that because it's not like they're grooming the slopes and things like that but he said we'll send you to svalbard and so I said, okay, that sounds cool. What's Svalbard? And he goes, oh, it's the, it's technically the North Pole. It's the island. It's the archipelago of islands that make up the North Pole. Because the North Pole isn't really a city. The North Pole is Svalbard. And the, the North Pole is really like a scientific outpost. It's just really a longitude and a, and a latitude. So I said, great. And he goes, well, first you're going to go to Tromso, which is the Paris of the North, which generous <laughs> that's kind of generous i don't know if i would call it the paris of the north they do have a lot of uh, music festivals and they do have a lot of film festivals and they have good sushi and you know it's kind of cool but i don't know if i would call it the paris of the north but we did a kind of an embed thing i went with my son at the time he was about 14. so this was in the summer and it never gets it basically never gets dark in the summer it's light all the time so you know you can be out till one in the morning driving around and it looks just like it does when it's six o'clock or five o'clock or four o'clock you can't tell the difference so you have to have blackout shades to go to sleep so anyway so we embedded with this family in above the arctic circle we went fishing so you get all different weather it can be cold and rainy it can sleet it can be hot and sunny you can get everything all in one day so we did get that so we went fishing on this fishing boat and then we went to this kind of yurt where we had lunch in a yurt which is a tent I don't know if a lot of people know what a yurt is. And then we went back to the gentleman's house and he had a son around my son's age and they served us dinner, which was a reindeer stew. And reindeer you know, stew. it was a reindeer stew. That wasn't the first time they served the reindeer stew. I'm not, I'm not totally digging the reindeer, but you know, it has like a venison flavor. I'm not really a venison kind of person, but you know, it had a lot of vegetables in it, so that was fine. And afterwards, we went hiking all along this fjord, which was in his backyard, which was this vast area. It wasn't like a back backyard that you think of. Um, and we just went hiking around and the fjord near his house, he said, had uh, mines in there from World War II that had never been de detonated or exploded. So that was kind of interesting. And then we left. I had my own car. And so we had to get back to where we were, where we were staying in Tromso, which was about an hour away but we had to take a series of ferries across the fjords and this was at maybe like 11 o'clock at night so here i am driving this citroen car um in norway <laughs> at night which was day but it was at night onto these ferries across the fjords and we did find our way back and the gps was only in norwegian but we did find our way back so that was kind of fun so after that we took a flight to Svalbard, which is the North Pole. That's a three hour flight, two and a half, three hours from Tromso to Svalbard. And you land and it's got this sort of gray mist that sort of hangs over it. And when I got there, 
I thought to myself, well, I was there for a week. We were there for a week. And I thought to myself, well, I can't cry. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to have to be strong. And a lot of people go on these cruises that they have this uh, boat. I think it's called the Hurt Your Grand or something. I'm not pronouncing it right. So they have these cruises that go all over that area. And a lot, there's a lot of people that go on their bucket list and they go there from all over the world. But we weren't going on one of the cruises. We were just going to be staying in Long Yerbine doing all these like really cool adventure tours. So we get to the hotel, very cool. You know, it, everything looks like it was just built by Ikea, the whole town. So the thing about the town is there's more polar bears than there are people. So because of that, you everybody is required if you leave the town or anywhere outside of town and there's only one road in the town that's paved so if you leave town you have to have a shotgun with you because polar bears are wild animals and they can kill you but if you kill a polar bear the mayor of uh svalbard of Longyearbyen will come and get you and put you in jail he'll come in his helicopter no matter where you are he'll put you in jail because it's a crime to kill a polar bear so it's even in self-defense even in self-defense really ideally (laughs) you don't want to run into a polar bear a polar bear yeah that's the bottom line anyway yeah the heck with the mayor let's don't just don't run into a polar bear and everything's okay a hundred percent yes so that's where the seed bank is for the world so we went to the seed bank do you know what the seed bank is no uh there's a seed bank so in case of armageddon or an apocalypse they have uh, you know i guess the world health organization or the league of nations or uh the united nations they've created a seed bank that's in svalbard because it's obviously a very remote area you know no one's going to get to it and it's built the entrance is there and it's built way underground and oh have, I, I do know what you're talking about yeah they have seeds from every possible plant and i'm sure they've expanded it to embryos from all the different animals and things like that so there's a lot of research that goes on in uh long Yermayan, which is the town so it's kind of interesting there's like a university and there's a lot of the people that work in the hotels and restaurants are you know students of the university from all over the world very interesting now you went in there we went to the seed bank yeah they weren't they don't allow you in there because of contamination but we went right by that yes which was great so the most interesting thing that i did when i was there and i don't want to take up too much time because we want to talk rock and roll but we took a uh rigid inflatable boat to a a former radio station, not a radio station like we're on, but kind of like a radio station. It's called Isfjord Radio. So I was told by the Norwegian Tourist Board that I was not to Google it and look it up because it was a surprise. So we had to wear survival suits on this rigid inflatable boat because we got there by water. You can also get there by dog sled in the winter. But we went in the summer, you have to go on the rigid inflatable boat. So it was my son and I on this rib in these survival suits, which are these, you know, they're actually these gigantic survival suits and you have to wear a helmet and goggles and these boots, etc. the whole nine yards. And they're not 100% dry and it's not really warm so it's kind of damp (laughs) so we're on this boat and they give you you know if you do fall into the arctic ocean which you hopefully don't fall in the arctic ocean you can survive but i don't know for how long i don't know what the situation would be like so you know we were just praying that that wasn't the situation right Uh, right, we're gonna we need to pause here for uh, radio but uh, i hate to break up the story but oh i'll finish it i'll make it quick there are rules you know we have to go by uh anyway susan uh short is with uh me mike gormley on the jeremiah show and and now jeremiah is on with us which is always a minor miracle but there he is (laughs) you know it's been raining up here mike so i i didn't go to the beach this time no, you're not at the beach. You're at the pub. <laughs> yeah, I'm either at the pub or the beach. 
that's what you accuse me of but but you've uh, promoted me or demoted me we're still not sure to to, uh, to 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 dj for you to call out the music the great music here um high crimes and misdemeanors is this arno lucas it's Arno Lucas. I love Arno. Beautiful music. I thought it was apropos since we just had those midterm elections. Yeah, yeah good song. And uh, I really love the, the what we play of it here at the at coming up right now. Um, and this is Susan Short's playlist. So thanks for giving us a playlist, Susan. No problem. All right. High crimes and misdemeanors. enough to be crowned the winner of season 19 of The Voice. You can go listen to my music on Apple Music, iTunes, YouTube Music, and Spotify, and you're listening to The Jeremiah Show. Hey, this is Johnny Gowdy. You're listening to The Jeremiah Show. You might know me from rock and roll and my podcast, How Did I Get Here? Look me up at johnnygowdy.com. The Jeremiah Show, the only place to hear the Mike Gormley Host interview series. Bringing you iconic music business managers, musicians, and the players who have created your favorite music from 1960 to the 2000s. Find all of Mike's past interviews in the Jeremiah Show music catalog on thejeremiahshow.com or your favorite podcast sites. Hi, this is Chris Hillman. If you've enjoyed my music with the Birds, the Flying Burrito Brothers, Manassas, Souther Hillman Fure Band, McGuinn Clark and Hillman, Evercall Ready, Rice Rice, Hillman and Peterson, and the Desert Rose Band. That's a lot of music. I hope you'll enjoy my new memoir, Time Between, My Life as a Bird, Burrito Brother, and Beyond. You can find it on my website, chrishillman.com. Enjoy. Saturday's Child with Doug Legacy and Dr. Soundgood. Mike Gormley. Thank you, Jeremiah. Uh, Susan Short is telling us a story about her trip to uh, North Pole. And uh, just, there was, we had to interrupt, so we'll, we'll come back into it. Okay, so we're on the Rizzi inflatable boat, right? And I've got some guy who's there We've got a couple that are just vacationing and they're trying to go to the Isfjord radio that I don't know what this is about. My son and I, and we have some guy who's like an oil worker because there's oil workers all over. And the guide, and the guide's got the shotgun, of course, because we don't want, you know, we could run into the polar bears and we're on this small, rigid, inflatable boat in the Arctic Ocean. And so then they say, well, we have to make a stop. Do you mind? Because there's all these abandoned Russian 
mining towns in this area. There's one called Berensburg, and there's another one. They have cabins all over. Some of them date back to World War II. Some of them are after World War II. So I'm like, well, do I have a choice? And they're like, well, we have to pick up these two guys. And, you know, we're going to send off a flare. We're going to pull into this cove. And it's a cove, not like a beautiful Caribbean cove. This is a cove in the Arctic Ocean. It's like kind of rocky cove, you know, with kind of gray water. And it's get it's clearing up, so it's sunny. So we shoot off these flares and we see this cabin in the distance and there's no there's no foliage there's no trees there's no bushes there's no grass it's just sort of it looks like the moon honestly it, it looks like the moon with water and some mountains too so <laughs> we see this cabin with some smoke coming out of it and there's like antlers and some dead seal skins on the cabin and I had been already in Long Orion for about a week not a week maybe four or five days so I was used to the look already like if it was the first day I might have been a little upset because <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't know what would be coming out of there and it was just me hopefully the guide and the shotgun would be okay but you know I wasn't what to worry about falling into the Arctic Ocean, the strange men that were coming out of the weird cabin with the antlers and the seal skins, the oil rig guy, where we were going. There were just, it was too much. So I just kind of tried to relax. Anyway, so these two guys come out in like bright orange survival suits and they sit down on the boat and there's only room for two more people. So I was hoping that we would make it to our destination which we did, we got there and there was this rickety sort of rusty ladder that we, you know, we had to climb up in order to get to where, you know, it was actually the Isfjord radio station. And they had all these sled dogs there and you could see the radio towers and there was a building and it looked, you know, it didn't look completely run down, but it was weather beaten. So I wasn't expecting anything. And these two men were very cheerful. They spoke English really well and they were chit-chatting, chit-chatting. And I was trying to avoid them as best as I could because I didn't understand, you know, why they were with us or anything like that. So we get in, we take off our survival suits. You know, we're wearing, you know, whatever, workout, our warm clothes and stuff. And we get in and it's actually a beautiful hotel and it's super clean, gorgeous. It's owned by a photographer and a Swedish model. And they got it from the gut. They bought it from the government for a very low price. And it's a thing now. And I did not realize it. So it was a huge surprise. because not, I was It's not the ICE hotel, is it? not the ice hotel no but it's a, it was an abandoned radio station that they used during world war ii and after oh. they made it into this really cool very 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 hard to get to but apparently it's a thing in scandinavia to stay at these very remote places and make them interesting so there was a roaring fire and there was beautiful swedish modern furniture and there was really interesting rugs and great art and there was it was beautiful they had you know scented candles and it was lovely and they had a lunch prepared for us it was reindeer stew and we were sitting of course with bread so i did have some bread in the reindeer stew i didn't try to avoid the pieces of the reindeer but anyway um and we saw reindeer walking around you know they look like moose or elk so the two guys, you know, that in the or they took off their orange, their orange survival suits and they're very, very friendly and chatty. And we were still not sure if we should talk to them, but they really spoke English better than anybody else. So we ended up falling into a conversation with them. One turned out to be a great artist. I'll make the story short. And the other one was an IT guy that lived in Oslo and they were just big fishermen. And they were, and that cabin that we picked them up at is sort of a famous fishing cabin that they got dropped off at a few days before with just a sat radio. And they were just there by themselves with a sat radio, no internet, nothing. And they they had their friend made arrangements for us to pick them up and that's why they were tagging along so anyway we became friendly with them i'm still friendly with them till this day they took us out when we got back we went they told us where to go there's only a few restaurants and the, the day before we left their friends spotted a pod of albino whales that were in the harbor and they came and picked us up and we saw these albino beluga whales which was oh. me yeah, yeah that's something else that's yeah. something yeah so you don't get to see that in your usual travels 
You don't. And then the, the moral of the story is don't judge a book by its cover because, you know, I thought they might have been, you know, just released on a prison release program and <laughs> they were great and I'm still friends with them. So there's that. So you never know. You never know who you're going to run into whenever you're traveling. So, so um, yeah. the time's going by quickly. Okay. And we were talking about, um, <coughs> excuse me, some of the rock artists you've worked with and you thought there were you mentioned steve miller is that right well no i don't work with steve miller but i work with rick derringer and rick and i became friends with rick and jenda because i did a story on them a few years ago i would say maybe it's about five six years ago and so ever since i did a story on them they were from this area we became friends and through they know what i do just explain you know, Rick's been around a long time, so there's an age range, but he's he's famous from the 60s. And 70s. Well, yeah, 60s. Hang on, Sloopy was the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, then, um, and then he wrote Rock and Roll Huchiku, I believe. Or yes. With, uh, for, yeah. Yes. So he's had quite a, quite a career over the years. Um, but yeah. um, so I'm just explaining a little bit of his, his background. And he's toured a lot with big, big names. He was quite a, he's quite a, interesting guy in a, for over his career. Absolutely. He was with Johnny and Edgar Winter. So he did Frankenstein and he just actually did a big sync licensing deal with Stranger Things for Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo. And they're coming up to the 50th anniversary of Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo and the album All American Boy, which they're hoping to re-release. So and work on a documentary. He won a Grammy for producing Weird Al Yankee. Who's coming out with a movie this year, which is going to be a big deal. He discovered Cindy Lauper, produced Cindy Lauper. He played a lot with Steely Dan. The song Ricky Don't Lose That Number supposedly was written about Rick. Well, it's been wonderful having you on the Jeremiah show. Thank it's you. Been wonderful having Jeremiah on the Jeremiah show. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe uh, you'll have to come back. Because there's a lot of stories I know to be told. Well, if there's stories and there's also, you know, I also believe in, you know, using stories as education. Not that I'm trying to educate people, but um, what we do in social media, what we do in marketing and what, what, do, what do magazines do? What does media do? It's telling stories. You yeah. know, it's all yeah. about stories. You know, what do musicians do? They're telling stories. Their songs are stories. They're all based on something. So, you know, storytelling is, is alive and doing really well. So it's telling the story. And this is what I tell my clients, whatever genre it is, you're telling a story. It's always going to have, it's not going to have an ending. It's the never ending story because, you know, you're promoting the, like the Jeremiah show. So many stories. It's, uh, you know, it's a series of great stories from interesting people from all Jeremiah, aspects of life. I, I think at some point you should uh, do a show from uh, South Pole. Me? Yes. Yeah. I think Jeremiah show, Jeremiah in the South Pole. If you go with me, Mike, <laughs> I'll bring us some good vodka. Okay, yeah, let's go. I'll bring I'll bring the vodka. Nice chilled vodka. Okay, yeah. Well, that'll be necessary. <laughs> it's really nice. It's really nice there. It's not what you think. It's I mean, Antarctica is different, but you know, Ushuaia is. It's like a duty free area, so a lot of people buy cars there and then have them shipped back because it's duty free. Oh, you save a lot of money that way. I wonder just yeah. the tax, right? Yeah. Tax free. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, listen, we've got this is a great, great song off the new album, Speed of Heat by Jeff Skunk Baxter. If you haven't picked it up yet, I really encourage you to download it or pick it up or whatever you do these days with it. Do we do we pick up CDs albums anymore? He has the vinyl. Absolutely. Yeah, the vinyl for sure. Yeah, this this album is in vinyl uh, and, and CD. Uh, and of course, downloadable. I'm hearing it. I, I had the pleasure, Mike. Uh, you were so generous to give me the copy, or or the label was so generous to send me a copy before it was released, and I was playing it nonstop. But I see it everywhere now. I see people playing it. I see it. Um, I see the videos. I see it popping up all over the place. So it's. I hope it's doing really well. 
Um, it's a terrific, terrific album. First, his first solo, official solo, right, in 10 years. The um, first solo album ever, and he's touring. I mean, he, he'd never toured solo, before, solo meaning with a band, but his band, as opposed to being in a band, um, he's the leader of the band. And that the first dates he did were in May of this year. So it's all, it's new stuff. Right. Yeah, and Michael McDonald is featured on what we're about to play. The The song is titled My Place in the Sun. It's Jeff Skunk Baxter on guitar and Michael McDonald doing the vocals. We're going to play quite a bit of it here because it's such a great song. You're going to really enjoy it. Um, and I just wanted to say one last thing to uh, Skunk is a big um, supporter of our veterans and uh, being Veterans Day tomorrow, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, he would want us to mention that as well. Uh, thanks to our veterans. And, yeah. and there's so many great, if, if, if veterans need support, uh, so many great um, different organizations that Skunk promotes here. So, like, uh, I think it's Angel Force and Guitars for Vets. So, um, we'll play a Skunk commercial here for the veterans. And thank you, veterans. And thank you, Susan and Mike. Mike, it's so nice to have you back. Mike Gormley presents. (laughs) Okay. Mike Gormley presents Jeff Skunk Baxter and Michael McDonald, My Place in the Sun. Here it is. Thank you. My steps up to this moment All at once it's clear to me Just like the pieces of a puzzle Exactly as they need to be Not to embrace my desolation Though I'm no stranger to this place Still one memory brings a smile Like a warm breeze across my face My place in the sun So true and clear Even now still you find me here Let faith be my light Darkness, my fact I need only believe To find my way back To my place in the sun Place in the sun The only thing that's real What's inside our mind? We forget more than we remember. The answer seems so hard to find. For all the distance and the journey, and the search for what is true. Seasons changing. I keep my faith in you, my place in the sun, so true and clear. Even now, still I find you here. Let faith be my light. Will darkness survive? I need only believe to find my way back. To my place in the sun
been listening to The Jeremiah Show. I am Miles Zuniga from Fastball, and you can find me every Tuesday at 7 p.m. at www.facebook.com slash Miles Zuniga loves you. I do a live stream. I'd love to see you there. Thank you. Hi, this is comedian Maz Chobrani, and you are listening to The Jeremiah Show on KZSB Santa Barbara. Listen, man. Do you need help with your restaurant or hospitality business? See how we can help your business at hjlrestaurantadvisors.com. Check out our website at thejeremiahshow.com. We are on SoundCloud. Please subscribe on iTunes, Podcast The Jeremiah Show. Did you like our soundtrack? Find all of our soundtracks on Spotify, The Jeremiah Show. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the airwaves at all. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at thejeremiahshow.com. Follow us on Instagram at The Real Jeremiah Show. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Communicate. Listen more. Evolve. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.